Save or Die, adventure number 54, take two. Since, unfortunately, our last version of 54 went to kablooey. This is DM Mike with DM Glenn. They don't need to know that. But, yeah, folks, we kind of screwed the pooch on that. Sorry. And that was DM Glenn. DM Liz. Hello. And imported from Thaco's Hammer... DM full-on gamer. Greetings, Gamer Nation. How's it going? Mr. Crispy has a little cold today, so he won't be with us. Yeah, but is kind enough to record. And we hope he gets better soon. Yes, Yes. please. Indeed. Especially especially since the next episode, knock on wood, should be our review of Swords and Wizardry. He might blow up if he's not able to talk about Swords and Wizardry. Don't want that to happen. Indeed. I don't want it on my conscience. Nope. <laughs> so, what have you been doing, OD&D-wise, Glenn? Serves me right to talk first. Me? Oh, a whole lot of nothing. got my Saturday game going on. Uh, my grandson, Gage, managed to attend. Both my, both my grandsons went. One was playing in the pool. The other one was playing D&D. Killing off undead. Oh, boy. And he nailed two bone golems by himself. Yeah. So I well, I mean the group helped, but I mean he was the one who the the coup de gras, boom. He's playing a cleric. A cleric. Raising them up right. Yeah. <laughs> with 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 a snake staff. Boy did he love that snake staff. Well, he doesn't really have a character in these games. He just like fills in for guys who can't be there. But if he comes very often they were talking about making a henchman for him to play when he's there. That'd be cool. That'd, that'd be yep. nice. I mean, remember, remember, uh, remember B one at the convention, Elizabeth. Uh huh. You know, the gal, the gal lost her character. He gave her a henchman, and that character, that that henchman yeah. was something else. Yeah. And the henchman was turning out to be better than the actual character that she started off with. <laughs> That's right. Totally pulled a Nodwick, didn't they? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what you been up to, Liz? Ah, not just tons. It's been a pretty slow summer as far as Holmes Basic goes, so not a lot to say for this one. Hmm. I hear you. What's up, Fulon? Oh, not a much. I've just been continuing the unpacking, sorting, and separating of the various editions and supplements and modules and stuff when not getting ready and gearing up to head off to Gen Con next week. Gen Con! Gen Con. Oh, yeah, you're going to Gen Con, aren't you? Yeah, our 2E DM and his girlfriend are going, too. Really? Yeah. Well, it gives you guys a break. 
Oh, actually, our campaign ended, so we got a break until September. Ah, okay. Maybe I ought to yeah. hustle. Maybe I ought to hustle down to Denton so we can play. Well, we're <laughs> going to be gone for several days next week, so they're really? watching our cats. So when we get back, we watch their cats during Gen Con. So hopefully, <laughs> it'll all work work out. Teach the cats to write and roll dice. You won't have any problem. Oh, I keep our saying our cats have no problems rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> They are veteran dice rollers. (laughs) Y'all both can hustle halfway, and I can have a catless environment where everyone can game. Hmm. Hmm. That's tempting. Yeah. That is very tempting. I mean, Lawton ain't too far from me. About, what, 45 minutes? Yeah. Have to see what my schedule's like in the fall. How how many classes I get saddled with. But, uh, like Liz said... Well, I haven't been doing much either. Although, thanks to Vince, he sent me a copy of the Warlock RPG, which is apparently descended from the original D&D variant that the guys at Caltech did in 1975, which Gary Gygax referred to as Dungeons and Beavers. (laughs) So, I look forward to taking a look at that. Next time I go back home to Long Beach, I, I played with some Caltech guys. I played Champions down there for a while. I don't want to find out if they've ever played any of this. I've heard of it. I've heard of them mention it once or twice when I used to play down there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if any, any of that group ever played it. I'll bet they have because they, they're all like Caltech alumni. Mm. So yeah, that's been about here on this end. Yep. So let's head into emails. We have three emails. No. Yes. Wow. An entire three. <laughs> wow. One for right. each of you. That's right. <laughs> Take one. They're absolutely three. <laughs> okay. Our first email is from Jim Wampler, <laughs> and he wrote, Hey, DMs, Vince, Mike, Liz, and Crispy. I don't know what got into me. But I decided to try and channel David Sutherland tonight and knock out a new save-or-die header graphic. Please feel free to use this or not as you see fit. If nothing else, it'll make the DM Will over at the Roll for Initiative podcast jealous that you guys have an actual pig-faced orc on your website, and they are sadly lacking the same. I apologize to Liz for not finding room to include a kobold. Regards, Jim Wampler. Jim, you are forgiven for not having a kobold included because the image seriously rocks. And I suggest everyone go to the Save or Die website immediately. Pause the podcast. Actually, you would have had to go to the website to get the podcast. Never mind. You've already seen it. It (laughs) is cool. (laughs) Also, like the. Give Jim a shout out for mentioning Save or Die in his Marvin the Mage comic. Yes. And thank you, Jim, for that. I had Vince put that there last night, and it is gorgeous. And that's a thank you coming from the guy on the show you didn't mention. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're I, so you're so important, Glenn, that well, it goes, goes with, without saying. Yeah. It's either that or the Glen is silent. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, I gotta take it where I get it. <laughs> what? All right. 
Email two. Would you do the honors full on? Excellent. This one comes into us from Rust. Hey, Rust. Just, just hey, thunk and notice something weird. I decided to listen to the Dragonlance books on tape as I work on the graveyard shift, and to buy the Dragonlance Adventures book after finding out it was the only one left to get in my one e collection. I'm currently on book four, Dragons of the Summer Flame, and would hate to stumble upon a plot spoiler. But then, at the same time, I'm actually wanting to just read it in one sitting. Although the front picture is nothing what I expected or pictured Tannis and Lord Sotha at the Crown of Power. Oh, and I was trying to answer Liz on her question of why only hot women are the big evil boss of the quest. <laughs> Ugly women are shunned and driven into becoming swamp hags. This only leaves normal <laughs> to hot women left, and the hot women have the advantage. That's how there's always the sexy dark queen. And for visual aid, you know, the ceremonial dress of the dark queen in Conan the Destroyer. That's about as good as I can think of. Sincerely. <laughs> Works for me. Hard to argue. <laughs> and, you know, and let's, of course, not forget the sacrificial victim on the cover of Eldritch Wizardry, yes, too. Yes. You know, he sits up at night thinking up these questions because, as everybody knows, Russ never sleeps. <laughs> Sleep is a crutch, indeed. I concur. <laughs> well, thanks for the details, Russ. I know Liz will sleep. Better knowing finally why it's all hot women. And that's a shout out for yeah. the Neil Young thing. There you go. <laughs> of course, by that logic, it means you're going to eventually be an evil queen. Queen of the coal. <laughs> <laughs> queen of the kobolds. <laughs> She's going to have her kobold mazes. Hey, there's a, there's a module title there. Yeah. Queen of the kobold mazes. Yeah, she could have her kobold minions and all that. And, yeah. You know, I my wanted minions. My right-hand kobold. <laughs> Something like that. And the third one for you, Glenn. Thanks. I don't have them up. <laughs> oh, well then, Liz, you handle it. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Glenn, up. Our last email is from Alistair, otherwise known as Naylan on Dragonsfoot. Hey, Naylan. And he writes, hi, guys. Another great podcast as always. Very impressed and pleased that you've made it to over 50 episodes. One minor comment. Sometimes the sound levels aren't great, and Glenn can either be too quiet or too loud. Maybe that's just him. And a few times I hear Liz's voice echo in the background. Anyway, the point of my mail is to ask about some of the articles you recommended during the show. Where can I get hold of them? Is there an archive, free or paid, of back issues of Dragon Magazine? Or do I just have to keep an eye on eBay? Some of those articles sound really interesting, but I missed out on the magazines back in the day. My brother used to get Imagine Magazine, but his collection is long gone. Cheers, and keep up the good work. Alistair, Nailin on Dragon's Foot, a Mincer Rules player from the UK. Keep an, keep an eye on eBay. That's yeah. all I can say. Or other there, used there things. There is... If you want a lump sum that will encompass the OSR era, for the most part, and you have the ducats to do it, there is the Dragon Magazine Archive by Wizards of the Coast CD-ROM collection, currently listing, used on Amazon Amazon for $159.95. Yeah, that's pretty pricey. But imagine buying 250 episodes or issues of Dragon Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you can find a friend to borrow it from, 
Yeah, I'm, we fear that may be your only alternative. Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. At least the ones we can speak of, anyway. Yeah, uh, that's no, the only legal ways we, we know of. But now, if you need an index to find out what articles where, may I recommend the Dragon Dex, which is on the internet? Yeah, that's a great one too, since it's got articles by authors, subjects. It, it's yeah, really I think great. It's, I think it's dragondex.org. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and if you need, and if you go, and if you're looking for like the dungeon art, dungeon invention stuff like that, go over to um, purpleworm.org. They have a whole, they have, and there's in their in their reference section, they have a whole listing of what adventures are in which magazines. I need to look at that because I've been wanting to to do some trolling for some seaborn adventures to yeah. use for it's an a two, upcoming basic expert game. It's a two e website, but that part it'll it does all of them so and yes and even though 2e is a completely different game from basic expert yeah, yeah. and 1e <laughs> i think i might still be able to to convert it over with some work oh and uh, if you are in the ebay market for those dragon magazines there's currently one listed starting bid 99 dollars. buy it now 299 so bid 99, and see if you get it. Who knows? Weirder things have happened. Yeah. If nothing and Crispy verified that website, so we're yes. good. Yes, it is uh, .net, actually. W- it says www.aeolia.net slash dragondex slash dragondex. Yeah, okay. Slash dragondex slash dragon space dex. Dex? Dex? No, just just Dragon Dex slash. Got it. Thank you. You're right. That's not how links work. Never mind. <laughs> Carry on. Forget that second Dragon Dex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never. Just... Ah, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're helpful. <laughs> I just Let want to come in and say themselves. that it's... I'm it's not here to IT answer. Pardon me while I show you where to Google that answer. Just want to come in and say it's www.aeolia.net slash dragondex. That's it. That's all you need. Thank you. Crispy, you're back! With a cold. It's a miracle. It's all right. You can just, be my, you can just sound like my brother, okay? <laughs> well, that well, tri- Thanks for the email, Malin. Hopefully you'll be able to find a source for that. It'd be great if there was a source for Imagine Magazine. That would be nice. I've got the Dragon Archive and i got a White Dwarf Archive, but... An Imagine yeah. Archive would be great. Yep. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, this episode on. is sort of a special one in that we're going to be giving a long-delayed wrap-up from North Texas RPG Con. Now, is this special in the sense of, like, the special class in high school? We're extra special. Yeah. Ah, we're the, okay. Got it. So, and it works out because all of us, including Full-On Gamer, were there at North Texas RPG Con. How about that? Alas, Full-On only made it for one day, but he what a, made up for it in Battletech goodness. Yes, what a day, let me tell you. Quantity over quality. Or, yeah, yeah. quality over quantity, that's it. Something, yeah, that's Strike it. One of those. Reverse it. Yeah, yeah, Taco. Taco. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cthulhu machine made it down for one day. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about the con. Yeah. Overall, and... what did everybody think of it? Starting with Glenn. Well, the con was in June of this year for four days. And let me tell you, what a great con. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, yeah, I had... Made him wait I, for it. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a really good time. I wish I could have gamed a little more, and I probably should have gone in certain games that, I, in hindsight, I wish I had. But other than that, what I did do, I had a, I had a ball. Okay. To me, well, we're going to me, break down the days. So yeah. after this, so but yeah, just an overall impression. Yeah, overall impression, fun. Uh, problems with the hotel, but that was overshadowed by the sheer fun of the con. Mm-hmm. Go. Which is as it should be. Yes. All right, Liz. Well, I had a fantastic time. This was the first con out of all the ones that we've been to because we've started going there since year one. But this is really the first one where we were able to be there all four days. Um, mm-hmm. Normally, we had to skip out on everything that was happening Thursday. And, you know, we either made it partly into Friday onward or we couldn't even make Friday and we came in on Saturday only. Mm. So we were able to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday this time. And it was just super, super fun. I hope we never have to miss out on a day of it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what, the fourth year? Fifth. Fifth year. Wow, where'd the time go? Yeah. What about you, Mike? Um, I liked it. Um, I will give a caveat that I tend to like smaller cons. Mm-hmm. I think there was, was about 200-odd people, mm-hmm. um, which to me is great because it's like, there's enough people that you can get into a game of something fairly easily, but not so many people that you feel like you're lost in a auditor, you know, a stadium or something. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally screwed up. It's next year that's the fifth year. This was the oh. fourth. Ah, you were okay. right. Because I was yeah. rushing through my mind, going, "Where did, did I lose a year? What? No, no, no." <laughs> I can't keep the year. I can't keep the years straight because the last time I was talking about it, um, on Facebook or somewhere, I was trying to say it's the third year. It's like no, this is the fourth year, and now I'm trying to say it was the fifth year, and it's like ah. So this was <laughs> this was year number four, really. Darn I have it! No idea what I'm talking about. Pay no attention. Right. Liz. Yes. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> again. It's just a jump to the left. So, so that leaves full on. Yep. I know you were only there a day, but what did you think? It was a nice small con. I've done a few small cons before. Uh, taking over the bottom floor of the hotel, pretty much. Uh, got the nice little conference rooms occupied. There was good navigation around and about. The little vendorish areas were well-stocked and seemed to be very uh, customer-centric and serviceable. Uh, they even made accommodations for late unscheduled arrivals, and I was able to get my game on out in the lobby adequately. Yeah. 
You don't know how long I've been defending that table before you got there. Yeah, we were trying to keep. Yeah, keep someone. I, I, I was getting. I was ready to get ready to like lie spread eagled on here, going, "No, nobody's using this." You were. I had you know my friend from Rochester fly down for BattleTech goodness, and I was just terrified that something was going to screw it up, and he was going to like kill me or something. But he had a great time, by the way, in your BattleTech game. He, he... Good, good, good. I, I was glad to present, as usual, the the splendiferousness and insanity that is Blood Mountain, and had a wonderful twelve hours ish running it until the clock ran out. I think the last gamer walked away from the table, and we had to shut things down after about two a.m. Oh wow! After wow. getting started around once gamers actually started showing up around four-ish. Although I was ready to start at tennis, mm-hmm. and you were and you were like and like two a.m. and then you had to hightail it back to Fort Sill, right? Yeah, yow. Four-hour road trip to get there. Fourteen-hour, fifteen-hour day of gaming, and then four-hour road trip back home, so I could actually in-process the unit I just arrived at. <laughs> That's the way full-on gamer rolls, yo. You got a better remember- constitution than I have. Sleep is. <laughs> Sleep is for civilians. <laughs> I remember I used to do that in my younger days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all righty. So all in the whole, it sounds like it was a positive experience for everybody. Yeah. The downside-ish bits of it were, you know, the, the awkward access to the hotel, getting through the maze of construction, the awkward access yeah. out of the hotel and actually leaving due to the maze of construction. Uh, yeah, that was a real yeah bummer for a lot of people. It, yeah, the entire state of Texas decided to work on I-35 at the same time. And although you may want to diss on the um, food vendor on-site element, that's n- never really something you can win with in a con anyway. So it's not as bad as it could have been. There have been better, but... The hotel staff were not really prepared for dealing with what they actually got, which is probably why they're looking at a different venue next year. Yeah, I I don't remember who I heard it from, but I heard from somebody that this was kind of like a training hotel. Really? Yeah, I think that's what um, Bat was saying. Well, they got their training in. (laughs) Trial by fire. Maybe that's why I was able to talk them out of an entire plate of the breakfast buffet after they closed it down. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever works. Well, I know that there was a problem with one of the ballrooms, the air conditioning going out on it for several hours, which caused some temporary cramming. So they may have been feeling bad about that. But and yeah, we, the restaurant that was on site was meh. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, smoke coming out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it's oh, good smelling so smoke, funny. that's okay. I was going to say, as long as the food's good, I don't care about smoke coming out of the a kitchen. A bar that closed at 11 p.m. on a Saturday. That's uh, a little weird. That yeah. is a little weird. They didn't want rowdy gamers all yeah, night. Yeah, you know the, what they start. Anyway, let's break, let's break this down. Okay. So we're going to start on Thursday. Yeah. Since I believe the three of us got there at various times on Thursday. Pretty much. Uh, I was in Colorado Springs starting to drive. But he was there in spirit. Yes. We got checked in pretty well, got everything set up. Uh, 
We were scheduled for Bad Mike's basic expert game at 6 o'clock that evening, but uh-huh. my friend from Rochester convinced me instead to go, go drink. Drinking. Drink at yeah, go drinking instead. So he and I were off doing that, while you two were playing Basic Expert. D&D. Which, which means I got to play in Bad Mike's game again. <laughs> Becky and I got there about noon. We talked them into letting us in a room early, and we got one on the bottom floor, which made me happy. Not too far of the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a little problem with the toilet over the weekend, but I don't really want to talk about that. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it took a while to find the convention until we found the sign, and there it was. Said hello to Bad Mike, checked in, blah, 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 blah. Got ready for the game that evening with Miss Liz. Yes, who was kind enough to let ben, leave Ben and I alone to have, you know, guy time. Once again, we played In Search of Adventure, and this time, we which way? We kicked the necromancer's butt? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we did the necromancer option. Apparently, Bad Mike, Mike has like three or four different versions of B1. Uh-huh. So the group that he's you know running the game for has the option to choose whichever one sounds most like what they'd want to do. And the one that we had chosen was the necromancer's lair. Which, right. perhaps in hindsight, wasn't the smartest choice since we didn't have a whole <laughs> lot of clerics with us. But that's what we did, and we ran with it. And I, I played a fighter, and damn it, my dog died. Oh, yeah. I bought, I bought a, a, a dog to take with us, and he died. Poor Bollock. I'm going to remember him. Man. I love yeah, that. Yeah, dogs dog. are great. I, I love that dog, and I only had him for like a half hour. I know. He would not let us each buy a dog. He said, no, the town only has one dog. <laughs> and, yeah, one dog I was and wanting I got us him. to have an he, entire he pack of dogs and just me, so go in there him. with us. That would be an old and burning sad dog, wouldn't it? <laughs> and I named him Bollock. He asked him why I named him Bollock. Just because that's what he was doing when I saw him. But I'm but, um, Ching. But I'm um, Ching. Um, <laughs> we managed to... What is it? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't get to the necromancer, but we put a serious hurt on him. Didn't yeah. We? yeah. Yeah, I think we, we we managed to get up to his second in command and kicked his butt. Yeah, and but we, it was a really fun time. I remember we stole all his treasure too. Yeah, we took all well, the treasure. Of course you did. That's what adventurers do. And yeah, they, I was playing a fighter who uh-huh. wasn't that bright, mm-hmm. and he managed to get himself the magic sword. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and tamed the magic sword. I tamed the magic sword, yes. I was so proud of you in that game, man. (laughs) So did you check the necromancer's spleen for emeralds? We never got Uh, to. We never got But we would have if we had. Ah, okay. We kicked his uh, second-in-command white. So did you do any gaming after that uh, on Thursday night, Glenn? No, because in this game we were playing, I couldn't hit nothing until somebody brought out a bottle of whiskey. And the more yeah, I drank, uncanny. the more I drank, the better I hit. <laughs> so I sort of went blotto after the game and just like <laughs> say good night. And <laughs> okay, we, fair well, enough. That's about what happened on our end too. Yeah. Except I didn't try to hit anybody. 
So then Friday morning, Liz and I got in on Jim Ward's Metamorphosis Alpha game. How was that? It was pretty fun. We all died, of course. But uh, apparently this is the very first time he's ever run Metamorphosis Alpha on the Starship Warden before the ship launched. Wow. We were we were all the security team and, and having to run around and deal with problems, and there were quite a few of them. And wow. we ended up fighting – what were those things we were fighting at the end? Uh, giant radioactive slugs. That was it. Giant radioactive slugs. A hundred giant radioactive slugs coming out of uh, out of a section of the of the tropical um, dome in the ship. And, and we probably really should have retreated, but Sarge was not retreating, and I could not retreat if Sarge wasn't retreating because. Well, <laughs> well yeah, he kind of had little character concepts for each one of us and you know it's like sarge you know we all you know can't look bad in front of sarge and sarge is very important to all of us yeah so sarge stayed so we stayed Mm -hmm. although i was one of the last and the worst part is is every time the one of the slugs would hit us we'd not only take damage but we'd get a random mutation Mm. oh boy so i had like full body hair and giant feet before I was finally taken down. I was, I was the last one, too. Now, someone got a daisy head, which yeah, was fantastic. Into a, yeah, a giant daisy flower. Yeah, it's like little petals just sprung out all around the perimeter of his face. It's like, oh, oh that is so God. cool. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so that's what we did before noon. What did you do? Well, what I do? Uh, I shook off the hangover real quick, real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sat, Friday, I spent like just kind of lounging around. See, at conventions, I don't always go wall to wall gaming because I like to schmooze too and talk. So I knew I had a game that evening. So I just sort of hung around, talked to people. Um, I went up and wa- I went and watched the uh, charity game. I paid uh-huh. my two bucks and watched, you know, the the greatest of the art of the OSR play in a game. And it was really, really interesting. You can see the, you can see the, you can see the video on YouTube. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, weren't they streaming footage, video from the con they, at times? They did. They streamed that. They streamed some of the seminars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't remember one, one part where one of the characters got a, uh, a bow without a string. But when he pulled it back, this this magical string came out and shot a bolt. And what? Frank and Frank Mincer. What Mincer does asked, that sound like? And Frank Mincer asking if Tiamat's going to be following him around now. <laughs> 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 but that was fun. I also went to the seminars. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that was Saturday. Yeah, no, this is Friday. Okay, so I just basically hung around and schmoozed and try and spent the allotment I got from Becky and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I picked up a couple of modules, too, that day. Yeah, I might. Oh, go ahead. And I'm kind of torn about those posters that uh, Doug had hanging up. That's right. He bought them from Gary Gygax. They were the original, the matted, you know, original art versions for all sorts of original product, like Divine Right. Oh, yeah. 
the covers is like <laughs> uh, what? Uh, oh, I also bid on the silent auctions and managed to get a copy of Tune. Uh, something else I can't remember, and I got my first dungeon morph dice. A bag of five, and immediately wanted me. To, I immediately wanted to buy more, mm-hmm. <laughs> because like five. Did you get? You guys get any more for sale? <laughs> These are great, but it's only five. I'd like another set, please. Another, That's all we brought. And even ten, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. I think I paid. I think I, it came out at twenty-five bucks mm-hmm. for like both of those. Uh, we got in the silent auction too, but unfortunately, we only ended up getting. One thing, but it was the Dragon Magazine calendar for 1980. Which you're still waiting on. Which I'm still waiting on. Bad Mike, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) We'd really like our our, our calendar, please. How come you didn't get it there? I mean, I picked up mine. Well, because we didn't even know we won it until like a week after. Oh, okay. it It was the Sunday, the very last day of the con, and we left before the bidding was over with so we didn't even find out until we got home that we'd won the calendar yeah (laughs) okay okay gotcha my big my big purchase for the weekend was the tome of adventure design by frog god games that is yeah toad that is one hell of a book let me tell you Mm. i I thought ultimate toolbox that and ultimate toolbox you're never going to want for inspiration and stuff for adventure it's just great anyway that was what I did. Kind of like Jim Ward's Towers of Adventure. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, okay. shall we go into the afternoon and evening? Well, that's pretty much our afternoon, I think, Liz. Okay. Uh, I bought the boxed game Snit's Revenge. One of the vendors had a used copy of that. Oh, wow. And it was well used, but it still had all of the pieces in it, still very playable. And because it is, it is well used, I don't have to feel bad about getting it out and playing with it because, you know, it's already kind of beat up. So something happens to it, you know, and I didn't spend an awful lot of money on it either. So, you know, it's a good playable, you know, version of the game that I don't have to feel guilty about (laughs) and, you know, all of the wonderful art in it. (laughs) Oh, another thing I did, and I did this like I stopped, I think, the midway the next day was I was on autograph patrol. I had all these books. I needed people to sign <laughs> because we were giving, <laughs> yes, it's like, and I saw Zeb cook Zeb. I, I brought him a stack of books. Could you sign these please? <laughs> they were like two, the two e books that we had to give away for the show. Plus the ones for Corey. Plus it's like this. And I said, this is the last time. This is the last year. I want to get everybody's autograph, so I never have to get anybody's autograph again. So. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. We never get all of the autographs that we plan on getting. Mm-hmm. Every single year, there's always someone Somebody. that we're not able to track down. I, came I up did get to... um, Dennis Astaire to sign my Bunnies and Burrows, though. You did? Oh, good. I, did. I didn't know good. I'll bet he was happy to see that. A he Bunnies was. and Burrows given to us by DM Glenn. Thank you. Um, did he like that? Did he did he enjoy that? Yeah, I think he was pretty tickled that someone still had the the game and everything. And still it was in very nice condition too. Yeah. So when are you gonna run your Bunnies and Burrows Call of Cthulhu crossover game? Oh, any day now. Any day now. <laughs> Maybe this but, next con? Buddy I was talking <laughs> I was I was talking to 
to uh, Janelle Jacquet's in the lobby, and somebody came up for an autograph, and she said, okay, i got to ask, do you want us Paul or Janelle? I tried to convince her, sign it as both. That's the way it could be more valuable. Somebody thinks you could, your brother worked on it, so you got both signatures. She wouldn't <laughs> do that. Uh-huh. She wouldn't do that. <laughs> Aw. Anyway, oh, and that and that evening, 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 yes, that evening, I was at Jeff D's table with <laughs> Vince, who had showed up for V and V. For V and V. I played the Schnoz. That, that character was made for you. Uh, I'll tell you, the first thing that I got to the table, he says, I have these pre-gen characters. And he said, the first thing he says, who can do a good Jimmy Durante impersonation? And at least two people pointed to me. (laughs) Was Vince one of them? Yes. I know (laughs) we played his V&V game at last year's con. um, Uh And the schnoz was one of the characters that you could pick. And Mike and I were saying, it's like, oh, it is too bad that Glenn was not able to get into this game because we immediately thought, <laughs> like, Glenn must be the schnoz. He must. I think I'm going to try and get into that game every year now just so I can play the schnoz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, well, it, because I was doing I was doing Durante stuff that he was like, wow, you know that? And I said, yeah, I know about Jimmy Durante. <laughs> I said, I said, Umbriago. He goes, you know Umbriago? Yeah, I know Umbriago. He, I'm glad I, I made Jeff D. happy. Hey. <laughs> so. Well, that evening, Liz and I were at Alan Grow, Grow Dog's table for his uh, Castle Greyhawk. Really? For one E. Yes, and we nearly got our butts kicked by a rust monster. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're not supposed to talk about that. So forget I said anything. No rust we'll, monster. We'll just say, I no think when we ended up leaving the game, our characters had walked into a gelatinous cube. Oh, yeah, I, I oh, literally I, walked into it. Yeah. I, in my Saturday game, I face planted into one, and I didn't get, it, didn't get hurt because I oh, walked An invisible one to boot. Those was are the it, best kind. It was a ninja. Yeah. Was it closing fast? <laughs> charging I didn't even know it was there it might have been charging <laughs> for all we know yeah Glat- the gelatinous cube charges t- before you <laughs> I always wanted to see a wizard take a gel- gelatinous cube and put a couple of haste spells on it <laughs> a ring of haste save, save the haste spell give it a great height and a slope that's what I did oh. <laughs> <laughs> Light it down there. Zoom. That's way up there. Wow! Perception checks. Okay, you hear this in the distance, growing louder. Shh. <laughs> Someone skiing? What? Ricolo. <laughs> so, Grow Dog's game was a success. Yeah. It, it, and... Yeah, especially from the DM point of view, it was a rousing success. <laughs> from the party point of view, maybe not so much. But... <laughs> yeah, I got to hang out with some online people we knew. And then, like I said, when we finally were consumed by the gelatinous cube, I think it was around midnight we left, wasn't it? Yeah, because we're old and boring and yeah. sleep. But the game was still going after we left, so... I also seem to remember, uh, no, that was the next day. Are we on to Saturday yet? <laughs> We're about to. Okay. I was going to say, did you do anything after Jeff D's or did you crash? I crashed. Okay. I did. Saturday morning, we were supposed to be in Star Frontiers, 
Yes. At 9 a.m., which we found out later was the um, Expect the Unexpected game. Oh, yeah. uh, But we were lazy, so we bummed out. And so apparently... I was awake. You were awake. You could have gone without me. Huh? So I just want to make that clear. I got up and was ready to go. (laughs) I was not. (laughs) But apparently... Let's see, what was it? They, at the same time, they were running uh, Star Frontiers, Caveman, Hill, Cavemaster, Jeff D's Caveman role-playing game, uh-huh. and something else? Wasn't there another game? Was it Top Secret? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the fourth game was. Anyway, it, it was set up for like four hours, and after every hour, they rotated everybody. Yeah. So if you start off as Storm Frontiers after an hour, you're in Cave Master. Another hour, you're in you're in Hill, and just rotated everybody. I don't know ex- since we weren't there. I don't know exactly how they rationalized the the character jumps or not. Um, interesting concept. I kind of wish I had made it after that, but yeah, thing I was like, eh, eh, I ain't getting up. Screw it. <laughs> Well, Saturday morning, I didn't do a whole heck of a lot of things. Maybe, you know, check the silent auction and, you know, pick up a few tidbits, eat, have lunch with Becky. And that was about my Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. Now, Saturday afternoon, that was fun. I was supposed to be Mistara slash Hollow World game. Mm -hmm. I bugged out because we were having too much fun playing Marvel superheroes. Oh, yeah. Vince was running Marvel superheroes Saturday afternoon. Yes, he was. And Fulon was there <laughs> late in all his glory, setting up and running Blood Mountain. Well, setting up Blood Mountain. I was ready to go as of, I have the text to prove it, 9.42. Ready to start. It took you till 4 p.m. to get somebody there? Well, Ben yeah. was there earlier, there were, wasn't he? There, there were a number of people who were interested in gaming but said, okay, well, as soon as I'm done with this or if I get killed off rapidly in this Aliens game that's going on in the next that, room. Oh, that, yeah, that's that, right. And that turned into 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, six hours later. And that was your friend, Mike. Was it? I mean, yeah. I know he was in the game, but I didn't think he took six hours, did he? Oh, four or six, something like that. Mm. Before he was dead enough to actually stand around by the table until we had at least three people to start the advance up the mountain. And it ran, what, ten hours, you said? Easily. Easily. <laughs> well, till 2 a.m., so... Is that, is that well, I know Ben time? had a great time at it. He, he thought that was awesome. Did he shoot and anybody in the back? As he said, you know, if he had Several known, people shot people in the back. <laughs> the in-party fighting assumed and cons- consumed and conceded about four or five different times, which is on average about average. Okay. Just because it's so tempting. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, Mike? Well, I guess it makes sense. I mean, you're walking up, you've got a peach of a shot on the other team. It's like, Wee! oh, what the heck? <laughs> hey, Auto Cannon 20, you know, just... Oh, God. And it was classic Battletech, let me make clear. 3025, classic Battletech with a few house rules. An uphill battle against entrenched defenders with people you can't trust. 
Elevations start at zero and go to 44. Which is a hell of an elevation in classic Battletech. <laughs> and next year we're hoping to get this in, in as part of the program for North Texas RPG Con. Yeah, we're going to lean on them. One yeah. more hope. And, you know, and, and if you if you want to mention it to Bad Mike or anybody over there, go ahead. Hey, that Battletech game is great. Can we do that again next year? Maybe sign up for it early? Ben well, is not only talking about flying down again for another Battletech game, he's got his, his brother considering coming. it, too, from <laughs> Indianapolis. Another uh, doctor. Excellent. You're in demand, full on. That's right. So, <laughs> well, while we were playing Marvel superheroes, and that's where I played the infamous Bloodfoot, and you played. Uh, by the way, I found your character sheet last time we were playing. I found Robob. 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 Yeah. As much as I like Marvel superheroes, that it shows once again the error, the problems of having a random power and background generation system. The world's character. oldest. The, the world's oldest mech driver. Yes. <laughs> I was old, I was feeble, but I was in a robot that, and it had claws, but its claws only did feeble damage. (laughs) So, I mean, I figured they were like, you know, little, you know. That sounds like a hot date for Aunt May. She's single now. (laughs) A feeble man and a feeble robot. (laughs) And me, I better synchronize my pacemaker. <laughs> we had we had another we had another player there, another uh, con member whose name escapes me, and whose character's name escapes me. But I remember he was playing a guy who had guns, but he couldn't shoot. He was an alien with a super alien gun, but guns again, so- like my like my blades. The gun actually only did like typical damage. So he was would that throw- Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Montana Squires. And uh, a loyal listener. So ended, if you're listening right yeah. now, shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Woohoo. And I, I think he ended up killing the scorpion he, by throwing he, the gun he, at him. He threw the gun through his <laughs> through his skull. <laughs> I mean, oh, it was great. <laughs> he threw the gun through his skull, was arrested. I had to have my lawyers pretty much plea bargain him out of jail. Because he was vampire, you know, multimillionaire. We were just I, hanging around. His I was, house. Yeah, I was heir to a fortune. So it's like, okay, I'll get my. I, I basically played a a guy who could suck the life out of people and fly and do wrestling, and he he was forced vampire. Gump. He, <laughs> yeah. he wrestling a, vampire. He was he was an energy vampire who was Forrest Gump. Yeah, wasn't it like Sump or something? What was his no, last no, name? Sludge. Sludge, the great Sludge Fortune. That's right. Gomer Sludge. Yeah, we figure it's Mother Sludge's Sludge Cookies Fortune. Uh huh. At Stately Sludge Manor. Yes. Gomer Sludge, a.k.a. Bloodfoot. You don't want to know what's going to happen when the Sludge gets his hands on you. Oh, God. I started doing that last game. I started pulling out the wrestling and I was doing like atomic elbows off the table to this guy. And anyway. I don't know. We were starting to get so goofy. I was half expecting Vince to start throwing dice at us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, boy. I never had so much fun. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, I was not a part of that. Um, I was actually. Liz is too good atten- for her. I was that. attending the artist's panel. That's true. Uh, yeah. That was a lot of fun also. Not quite as silly, but. <laughs> and Who was I, there? Um. 
Well, there was Jason Brown, Janelle Jackways, Jeff D, Diesel LaForce. Um, oh, I Errol know. Otis? I, Errol Jeff Otis, D. yes. Errol Otis. You said Jeff D, right? Yeah. I did say yeah. Jeff D. Jeff D, Errol Otis. Um, so the five of them were there, and there had been a bunch of different monster concepts that people had been encouraged to submit to the North Texas RPG Con website. Um, and Mike, Michael Badalato, Bad Mike on the boards, um, uh-huh. passed out random monsters to the various artists. And based on the physical description given, um, just a one-page description, they were supposed to draw what they thought that monster would look like. So there were some very interesting monsters created. Um, The one that Janelle Jackways did, the inside out, upside down creature that should not be, and I've completely screwed up the actual name of the monster, but it's something... Well, that's okay, because the monster is really screwed up. (laughs) It is screwed up, and... (laughs) She did a fantastic job, too, and Bad Mike said later that he deliberately did not give that one to Errol Otis. Oh, God! (laughs) Because that's what you would expect him to do, and instead he gave it to Janelle, and she did a fantastic job on her own. A disturbingly good job. Yes, (laughs) that was a very disturbing-looking critter. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and I I forget all about the panels. We didn't say uh, yeah, before we before we leave the artist though, wasn't there isn't it wasn't there like a competition later for a miniature? Yeah, um, after all of the drawings were created, um, they scanned them in and put them up on the website, and the voting is over by now. But uh-huh. you could get on and vote for which one you thought should be made into a miniature for next year's convention. And uh-huh. it, I, if I am remembering correctly, I believe it was Janelle's drawing that got the most votes and that's going to be the mini for the next year's con the official north texas rpg con mini up till now it's been various minotaurs longhorn minotaurs oh man you mean we gotta actually try and paint this this shapeless inside out (laughs) thingy (laughs) well it's not shapeless it's a humanoid form but it's just got everything on the outside turned and inside I out to, and i want to say that um the creature the inside out thing <laughs> um the concept was i want to say the concept was created by michael curtis the guy who did uh-huh. the dungeon alphabet i think that uh-huh. was his so oh wow <laughs> it's warm a call of cthulhu cast uh, C- uh keeper's heart it was that disturbing oh boy so anyway, I, panels. Yeah, panels. I got to see a few of them. Um, I did go to the Eldritch Enterprises panel to listen to Tim and Frank and Jim talk about their new enterprise and the old days in D- at TSR, too, which was a lot of fun. You can find these, by the way. They streamed them live, and they're also on YouTube as videos. Uh, I was interested in the 2E panel because they had James Ward, J- uh, sorry, um, Steve Winter and... Uh, Zeb Cook. Zeb Cook, Cook, yeah. Uh, Talking about it, and um, people were throwing out questions. Are you interested in 2E, Glenn? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. But they oh. but they actually came out with the nitty gritty about how Tui became about and what they did. And I was the one who rather asked the rather pointed question, did you guys ever play test the kits? And the answer? <laughs> and at first, says Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> but after the other writers started getting involved in it, uh, we just kinda had to let it go <laughs> because we couldn't we couldn't keep tabs on it. What mm-hmm. was it now? Yes. Well, <laughs> I understand the, the red later splat books. And okay. <laughs> but that was Saturday. Okay. Oh, oh, and also when I brought, I found, I found the two of them in the bar about 11 o'clock, about 10, 1030. And I went up to Zeb. I said, here's my stack of books. Can you sign them? And can I buy a drink? I stayed up until about 2 a.m., listening to them talk and boy was that fascinating oh yeah i remember sitting around just bsing with tim cask and you know some of the stories from the early days of tsr are really uh i can't remember the guy who who walked up and started talking about uh he was the guy who's in charge of um dr barker's uh tecumel stuff ah uh, empire of the pedal throne Yes, and he was uh, his his really good friend. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry out there, but I can't remember your name. Wait a minute. I have a card. His name is Victor Raymond walked up. Dr. Victor Raymond, who hmm. was, who's in charge of the Tecumel stuff. And he just told us wonderful stories about Dr. Barker and him running Tecumel, him running Empire and everything like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that uh, Steve Winter had a copy of the uh, Judges Guild Ready Ref Sheets, and he claimed he had never read them. And I found that – both of us found that hard to believe. You've never read <laughs> these? He says, no, I never read these. At the, at the time, I thought I was too good for it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, much as I love Judges Guild, you know, apparently they had some rep in the old days for being kind of, you know – Shoddy? Well – Fanzini, I guess. I I left there at 2 a.m. And then I walked over on my way back. And these two or three other guys were talking superhero games. And I sat down and talked for another two hours about different superhero games. I think I get to bed at like 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, somewhere around that. But, uh, you know, it was worth just to listen to uh, Steve and Zeb talk. Anyway. What did you do Saturday night? This at six o'clock onward. Did you game or was it just? No, we were we were doing Jeff D's. Oh, Jeff, was that Saturday night? I think that was Saturday night, wasn't it? I thought you said that was Friday night. No, see Thursday, Friday. I must. Oh, I guess I was. I don't know what I was doing. To tell you the truth, I was I was passed <laughs> out somewhere. I guess. Oh, uh, okay. Just where I had a game every night, but I guess I did. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I thought I, you know, I had mics. Mike, bad mics, and then Jeff D's, and then I was supposed to be in. That's it. I was supposed to be in uh, Steve Winter's game, and I ditched it for Marvel. Ah, okay. But, sorry, Steve. I won't do that again. I promise. <laughs> um, well, we but, were for six o'clock Saturday. Liz and I were in Sandy Peterson's Call of Cthulhu game. Oh, which oh. was very oh. interesting. The only thing uh, I get. <laughs> we all died, of course. But it was um, worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of a near future sort of thing. We were all part of the European Space Agency sending a, a probe to an, 
to Tau Ceti, and uh, we landed there on the planet to discover things that should not be as usual. And, right. and best of all, he gave each of us, we had um, pre, pre-designed characters with certain secret you know, d- drives and, and underhanded plans that everyone else didn't know about. So, Of course. I'm mine sorry. was great. Mine was like the uh, engineer and uh, uh, ship uh, space systems coordinator. And I didn't actually have a degree. Oh. I lied yeah, about it. You were the chief engineer. I was the chief engineer. anything. <laughs> As I mentioned afterwards, I was almost a DeVry graduate. I had they, no training at all. Did they call you Doogie? No. That, see, they didn't know. That was the beautiful part. Because you know? ah. I, yeah, I would just, just go around and BS. Mm-hmm. But I always managed to put my assistant on to do anything of import. Cause he, and then I would occasionally watch him to see what he was doing so I could oh, learn. Oh, yeah. He's doing it right. Yeah, he's doing it right. <laughs> and what was yours, Liz? Um, I was supposed to be um, – a chemist, um, but in, but I did not have more than just a very basic knowledge of chemistry, but I was supposed to be this really kick-ass, you know, super chemist. In reality, I was a cyborg spy that was sent to observe what was going on. I was not uh-huh. part of the European Union, um, but I was supposed to see what was happening and just observe. I was not supposed to actually do anything to sabotage, you know, unless I absolutely had to. And she didn't because the other entities did more, did all that kind of work for <laughs> Yeah, they did all the sabotaging. <laughs> did I didn't have to crap. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. And I think Full On was still going up Blood Mountain. Oh, yes. We were still yeah. going quite strong. Yes, and I the blood how, mecca and pieces flying everywhere. How many? How many? How many? By the way, how many people did you have rotate out of, in and out of I that? I think I had about eight to twelve people eventually rotate through. Uh, overall, if they could have all been there at the same time, it could have been incredibly interesting. But at least you know the the game is designed to run in three teams of minimum of three players or up to twelve players and. Lots of people got to learn about Battletech. Several people became very interested in it and went out hunting for it on their own. Wow. Uh, so I cool. feel like I have done the Gamer Nation a solid by getting more gamers gaming. Yes. yes. Oh, and by and the way, Classic Nick, Battletech, too. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, full on, I hope if you, you come next year and run through Battletech, I hope you can stay a little longer and find a little more time to actually... Run a run a game for us. Run a D yeah, game. Yeah, that'd be us. cool. That'd be fun. Well, do do the murder hole, murder hole for us. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you said your game ran till what two a.m. Full yeah. on. Yes. Okay, so or about. And then you had then you had to take out off, so you weren't there Sunday. Yeah. Well, I guess technically you were there because it was two a.m. Saturday Sunday morning, but yeah. <laughs> And I was a bum again Sunday morning uh, and sat out. Not that I could really do anything anyway. We had signed up for Dragon Lairds, the uh-huh. board game of Jim Ward's, but really I was just going to sit around and BS anyway. Yeah. But instead I, I slept late and Liz went and, and played with Jim Ward. Yes, I played. I was, 
it was a really, really fun board game. I uh-huh. would totally recommend anyone picking it up. It's got some great Tom Wom artwork for it. And the guy who just, did Snit's Revenge, among yeah, others. And, and it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It was just so whimsical and so fun. And you might think, looking at the Tom Wom artwork, you know, oh, this is just for little kids. No, it's not for little kids. There's a lot of, you know, card playing and, you know, allocation of resources. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can really get into the game. And I was too nice of a player. I'm, it's very difficult for me to really do well at games where you're having to play against everybody else at the board. I'm a lot better at cooperative games, so I think I came in dead last, mm. but I still had a really fun time. It was it was a ton of fun. That's great. That's and that was that was Saturday, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday morning. Okay, Sunday morning. I got up and I don't generally on the last day of a con. I don't generally game. I my mind is on. We gotta get out of the room. We gotta pack up. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of hung around, picked up a few more things in the the dealer area, talked to a few few more people. Um, I saw Jeff D was over at uh, Full On's old table, getting ready to run Cave Master. Um, almost got into that, but I just couldn't. Make it. Becky was st- Becky was still sleeping, and it's like, you know, I can stay here maybe an hour and a half <laughs> at mm-hmm. the tops. Then we have to go pack and get out of the, get out of the room. Um, went over to the dealer's area and managed to get a copy of Village Pass and Castle Paths for five bucks for both boxes. You ever seen those? Those are like no. some for those are like some of the first uh, geomorphs. Hmm. And I who, used to who, who put them out? Um, I want to say I want to say Chaosium because each of them has a copy of basic role playing in it. Ah, yeah, that would be chaosium. And they come out. I mean, they're beautifully they're they're beautifully drawn on card hard cardboard. And yeah, that's cool. I I used to have a, a set of uh, I think it was Dungeon Paths a long time ago, but I managed to talk at it for five bucks for both of them, so I was happy there. All in all, I pretty much had my fill of spending. Oh, I also got a copy of the Majestic Wilderlands, which is very nice. Um, so I got some Wilderlands. Stuff. Yeah, I meant to pick up a copy of Majestic Wilderlands, but it, it was one of those, uh, you know, w- before we leave, I'm going to go get one of those. And then we got distracted and I left and I just didn't get one. My oh, well. The thing I wish I would have gotten at the con that I didn't get was I was really, really looking at that trilogy compilation book of horrors that – if I hadn't been involved with all my money in moving, I would have snatched in a evil heartbeat. What is it? Was it was it a novel? Novel, sir? Oh no, the monster book. Oh, the, you talking the about trilogy of monster? The trilogy monster book, super book. Hmm. Talk about Tome of Horrors. Yes, Tome of Horrors. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, I about killed me too. It's like because somebody gave me the PDF of it. I looked through it and go, I gotta get this book. And there it was, and it's like, ooh, Toad or that, Toad or that. I'll go for Toad. Is this is this the D twenty version? Well, yes. they had they had, okay. they had the path the Pathfinder version and the Swords and Wizardry version. Both oh, so they have a Swords and Wizardry version. Yes, they okay. do. So you can play it with with the OSR, 
and the other one's good for like three five and Pathfinder, you know. Uh-huh. So that's what I really like about them is almost everything that they are putting out now. They have you can choose whether you want Pathfinder or Swords and Wizardry, which covers the whole base of everything. Yeah, it's like I think that's Except really nice that you can yeah. you know you know do either or. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, and then I, and I always, and of course, there's Dungeon Crawl Classics. There is like, uh, beautiful, but no. <laughs> oh, the DCCs are excellent. They were excellent, but uh, <laughs> the, I I weighed the price. I weighed the price they were charging with. How often am I going to play this? And it just didn't equal mm-hmm. because of the, because of the funky dice that Christy <laughs> so much, and I don't blame him. I don't no, want to. I will up. say it is a very beautiful book. It yeah. is. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I wish him well. So as a wrap up, hope uh, our listeners we've been able to In give life. you a general idea of how the con went. And I hope you should go the, next year. Yes, yeah, so and blow say, stuff up. Yeah. yeah. Ntrpg.com, I believe. Yes. Yes. Go there, and, register. It's going to be a. And I'm looking at some of the sessions that they already have up for the 2013. Really? I mentioned Bunnies and Burrows. Dennis Sister is going to be running a Bunnies and Burrows game for the 2013 con. Friday. You might have inspired that. <laughs> at least we'll get the first seat, right? <laughs> well, well, I would think. I would think there won't be a whole lot of people just desperately trying to sign up for Bunnies and Burrows, but now that I've said that, I'm going to try and sign up. It's like, oh, it's already filled up. It's like, no! (laughs) Okay, I know how to wrap up here. How about um, regrets? What thing do you regret doing that you didn't do, not doing, that you wanted to do at the con? Mike? Oh, that's easy. It was the... uh, It was... uh, Having been a lazy bum and not going to the Star Frontiers game. Ah. I really regretted that. How about you, Liz? Oh, sorry. I, go ahead. I no, regret but... not going to the Star Frontiers game without Mike instead of just being solidarity and staying out with him. <laughs> hey, he, went, he went out. Hey, I'm he holding out. Liz back. Yeah, I mean, it shows you how what she thinks. I mean, you went out boozing and she... <laughs> uh. How about you, Fulon? What do you regret? Not being there longer? Or? Uh, yeah, not being there longer. I wish I could have been there another day or two, gotten in some actual play time as well. And, of course, you know, having the opportunity to have an expectant set of gamers present, ready to start when the start time was, would have allowed us to actually probably even finish the scenario. We just ran out the clock and ran out the time. Understood. The late yeah. start. Well, I know it was an ad hoc game, but for a so walk in, it wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully for next year we can we can have some kind of arrangement so you can actually have some signups and such. Uh-huh. My well, regret, my regret is not playing in more <clears throat> different types of games, especially Steve Winter's Mistara game. I'm sorry I did that. <clears throat> there were open slots on the BattleTech Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Don't do BattleTech. You said different types of games. Got role you there. Pl- role playing games. There were uh, roles to play. And there were 
the other major regret was I didn't get on myself the month or so before and actually procure a copy of Call of Cthulhu so Sandy Peterson could sign it. Mm-hmm. Agent yeah. said, yeah, I'll send you one, no problem. We'll get it there. And it showed up the day I got back. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I'm looking on the NTRPG site now going, is he, is he, is he coming back? Is he coming back? Is he coming back? <laughs> well, he's been at the past two or three, so I would be surprised. Copies. I've got two copies now, a fifth edition and a sixth edition. <laughs> I'd be real surprised if he wasn't there again this next year. Yeah, because yeah, I think he actually lives in the area. Oh, yeah. He so and uh, it's not hard for him to come. He, Janelle, and uh, one of the other guys are kind of work together in the computer games industry, so. She's coming from Seattle now, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you know anybody who has an old copy of Doom, I'll bet he'll sign the box or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, something um, else gets signed. So, yeah. dragons. If you had to give it a a grade, dragons. What Four would and it be? Glenn. Four and a half. <laughs> Since he already shouted his out anyway. Four and a half. Full on. I know you only went one day, but for that one day. For a small con, I'll give it a three. Okay. Liz? Uh, if it hadn't been for the hotel snafus, I would have given it a five. I'm a little biased. Um, <laughs> this was the worst hotel we've ever been at. And even saying that, it was still a really fun time to be there. Um, so I'd say, you know, even with the hotel problems, I'd give it four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I'll go with four. I would have given it a four and a half, but again, like you say, the hotel and that construction, I mean, I know they really couldn't control the construction and this was the first time they used this hotel. So, you know, that's always kind of a, a crapshoot, but you know, right. it could have been, and I'm hoping we've already registered for next year so hoping next year is going to be a five yeah i want to make it a five and i think we have one more little section we need to uh address. yeah we're gonna start doing a new section yeah a new section called the... what what did you what name did you come up with liz basic impressions okay that's good i was gonna say my table my rules but <laughs> that sounds better Basic Impressions is our new segment. Basically, having inviting members of the of the Save or Die audience to record a five or ten minute thing, just talking about their experiences with classic D anD. d And the first one we're going to have here is from T-Man. Wonders that defy my powers of description, the secrets that are mine alone, but which I would be willing to share with you. To do then now be retro to do then then yeah. was very nautro yeah if you will it's coming what? the idea the spark i got it i got it basic impressions hi folks this is dm john from pennsylvania um, i'm also known as t-man on the osrgaming.org um, boards and mike was kind enough to allow me to record a little clip for save or die um, and i'm just really glad the Save or Die is out there because it talks about my favorite version of the game, of course, um, the classic D&D. Because I started playing with the Mulvey Cookbooks, the basic expert set, way back in 1982, and it's really still my favorite version of the game. 
Uh, also, I've been very fortunate for about the last seven months to be a dungeon master for a Skype game. Uh, we play pretty much every Thursday night, and it's just so great to be playing BX again. Now, what I'm going to talk about just for the next few minutes here is something that I'm seeing as a DM from um, my side of the table. Characters are starting to get to about mid-level, 6th, 7th, 8th level. And what I'm finding is that there's some different challenges in designing adventures and challenges um, for those mid-level characters that's just much different than the lower-level characters where they're just trying to stay alive. So the more at the lower levels, they tend to be things tend to be more deadly. However, by level seven, characters have built up some hit points. Their two hit numbers and their saving throws have gotten much much improved. Um, especially if you have elves and magic users, now they really have a lot of spells, and they have some really high damage spells like fireball and lightning bolt. Um, some things where they can really take out a number of small enemies or a large enemy fairly quickly. And one thing, uh, challenge also I have, and this isn't a bad thing, but I have very good players. They're um, a little bit older, uh, 30s and 40s, and, you know, they can kind of see through my traps and things. They can kind of see where things are going, and they use some strategy, and that's wonderful. That's not a bad thing. Um, the only thing is, you can't just throw five kobolds at them and think that that's going to be enough um, and challenging enough for those level characters. So just going to talk about some things that I've been trying in my own games to try and keep up the tension because you don't want everything just to seem like a cakewalk. Um, so to keep up the tension and hopefully to keep up player interest um, during the game sessions. And these are things that are not original with me. I'm sure they're not. And they're also things that I'm still developing as a GM. So Here's some things to think about. Let's first talk about some challenges in combat. Now, obviously, probably the thing you can start to do at these mid-levels is to throw in the bigger bats. You can start to get into um, some heavier-duty monsters like a Beholder or a White Dragon. Um, and just speaking from the classic D&D point of view, uh, those, some of those are not in the BX, the basic expert set. But of course, if you have the companion volumes or you have the RC or even any of the AD&D monster manuals, you know, they're certainly easy enough to find or you can get stats for them online. Um, so even though they're not in the basic expert, you could still start to throw some of those more heavy duty monsters at them. Um, because those monsters, they'll have higher hit points and just provide more of a challenge. Um, I know for myself, I thought it was just great. Oh, I, uh, characters are finally big enough that I could throw a beholder at them, for example. We don't have to just be, you know, three orcs with a sword. But one thing I think that's important is not just to say, okay, well, we're going to escalate the hit, hit points or we're going to escalate the damage that your monster or your bad guy can do. So one thing I think that's good in the combat is to vary things. So they're not just going up against, say, one type of monster. In a recent game that we had, the big bad was a mummy. And... Um, who had been resurrected and was doing some bad things. But then also, the mummy was kind of in the front of the tomb, but in the back of the tomb, kind of preventing escape, he had some skeleton minions. And the skeleton minions had torches and were trying to set things on fire. So I was trying to really vary the combat, that it wasn't just, okay, you can fight a mummy, all right, you're a higher level, we'll throw four mummies at you, or something like that. I was trying to give a little bit more variety into the combat. And also, one thing that can be done, and um, I'm going to use this in a game um, upcoming, is also to sort of vary, have some of the bad guys who are closing in for close combat, but then they have support. 
So maybe their support, maybe it's even if it's just some orcs, you'll have maybe four or five who come in and attack the players in melee, but there's some hiding in the trees or hiding in the rocks that are shooting from um, range. So it, um, it just makes it a little bit more interesting, and it's not just hacking away at the sword. Your characters will have to decide, okay, do I want to fight with the sword, or do I want to shoot range, um, combat, go into range combat with a bow? Or maybe I need to throw a spell or something, a ranged spell, and try and take out some of those... Um, some of the archers. Another thing that's been really good with having um, characters go up to seventh level is, you know, that I can have a recurring villain because they're going to keep coming back. The characters are. So, for example, a recurring villain in our campaign is an the Autumn Queen, who's a really high-level magic user or a spirit. They're really not sure yet, and. So while the, maybe her minions are kind of small potatoes and they can take care of the minions uh, without too much trouble, still, she's providing a theme and a continual um, harassment for the players. So that they have something when they come back every week, um, you know, to keep them going, that, that they're specifically hoping to um, defeat this Autumn Queen, and uh, hopefully they will eventually. I think, too, another thing that's really important to think about when you're getting into the mid and the higher levels is... You know, everything shouldn't just be combat. Your non-combat encounters should be as interesting and maybe even more interesting than some of your combat encounters. And some of the ideas I got from here are from um, a second edition book, high-level campaigns that the first chapter or two in there are just excellent. Not that the rest of the book isn't good, but they have a lot of really good ideas for things to do with higher-level characters. And they're suggesting it for levels, say, level 20. But it, it easily works with your mid-level characters as well. So one thing, um, some things I've tried rather, are to have the NPCs start to talk to the players a little bit more. You know, maybe if the um, elves are working with the local wizard to brew up a potion or something, while they're waiting, the wizard will ask them, hey, tell me a little bit about your past. Or, you know, what are your future plans in town? And this has given me a lot of ideas, um, little hooks. You know, maybe the elf talks about his village and I can think about, all right, well, let's have them go to that village later. And then I'll know in my own mind, well, you know, was it a wooded village or was it more like an elven city? Um, it gives me some plot hooks that I'm hoping are a little bit more specific for my players. Also, one thing I've tried to do is for a lot of the games to have sort of a list of clues. So that these are things that they need to go about for the next adventure where definitely there'll be combat and traps and all that sort of thing, but they need some information. And rather than just have them get a briefing, say from the local wizard or the local sheriff or the duke or whoever they're working for at the time, I just write a list of clues on my um, Dungeon Master notes and then, you know, prod them a little bit, but anybody in town can give them the clues so that if they decide, well, I'm going to go to the bar, maybe there's somebody at the bar they can talk to, they'll give them a few clues. Or if they say, well, I'm going to visit this person or that person or the local bookseller or the local alchemist. And then I just check off the clues as they um, as they use them. And I hope that that varies things for them and lets them be a little bit more proactive rather than me just sort of railroading things along and saying, okay, the wizard gives you these five things that you need to know and go and do them. So one thing, too, uh, I'm finding is that the higher level characters also like more role playing opportunities. Um, I have one character who really, really wants to learn alchemy. I think he really wants to learn how to brew healing potions. Um, so it's really given me a chance to have him talk to the local alchemist and uh, to spend some time with them. 
I think uh, one challenge there, though, is, too, that you don't want to just tailor everything around one character. So I try to, when that happens, say, okay, you're talking with the alchemist and give that player some time. But then right after it shifts to somebody else, okay, what were you doing while he was talking with the alchemist? Were you going into town or were you going to the tavern or who were you talking to? Um, so I, I just think that's really important. And f- even for myself as a, a DM, I have to learn how to keep that balance. For example, too, with the role-playing opportunities, if there's something you're noticing over several sessions, for example, my dwarf character, she really likes to go to the tavern and brag. Well, for one encounter, I had a mother of one of the local dwarves come and challenge her to a fight. She was supposed to be mad that her son was spending too much time at the tavern listening to these wild tales. Now, a seventh-level character can easily handle a dwarf woman from town, a dwarf mother from town, but everybody seemed to have a good time, you know, role-playing it out and trading insults. And, and yeah, the combat wasn't the same as going up against a dragon, but it was something different. It was something different um, to bring some role-playing opportunities, not just to worry about, okay, let's inflate the hit points of the, um, and the damage. And just kind of a last thing to uh, let you know is that, you know, I'm playing um, Classic over Skype, and I just think Classic is one of the perfect versions, or maybe the perfect version, to play over Skype. It just doesn't have as many rules um, to get bogged down into some of the other editions. And I'm not knocking those editions at all. They Everything has their, their place. But I think in terms of playing over Skype, keeping the rule set as trim as possible really, really helps things um, to help things along. So those are my two cents, and I think I went a little bit more than five minutes there, uh, but hopefully that's okay. And hopefully Mike and Liz and the Save or Die folks, maybe we'll have some comments to add that. And I just want to say thanks for the great podcast to those folks, and thanks for listening. And now we're on the lonesome highway, wandering to another sunset, Uh, avoiding getting run over. Yes. How are you heading down that road, Liz? I am heading down that road doing my best to avoid all of the construction going on around the town. Glenn? Flying as my character, Bloodfoot, trying to to avoid the really old, old mech driver in front of me. And I'm the really old mech driver in front of you. Yes. Who's got got his his left blinker? Keep going. Always going, yeah. Full on. It's traditional. How you going down that lonesome road? Full on. He already went down that lonesome road. <laughs> he left us behind. Much yeah. like at the con, he headed out early in the morning. Yeah, pretty much. After Blood Mountain was, after he got up up to Blood Mountain. I have. All seen right, the- guys. Well, hope you've. Enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you on episode 55. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Free arc. <laughs> <laughs>